and welcome to Ohanga. My name is Nick Johnson, and today I'll be speaking with Eleanor Thompson. Hello from Rhode Island, and it's a gorgeous day here. What kind of art do you do? Well, um, I do a lot of different types of artwork, but what I am putting into the Ohanga Gallery um, are some very realistic Rhode Island shells of crustaceans that I love to eat. Anything from mussels, oysters, quahogs, uh, steamers, and scallops that I've been making in the last few years. And I have been really enjoying making them individually, uh, creating them from a lump of clay to a very realistic shell that is both a sculpture and that can be functional and used in cooking and to serve food because it's all food safe. But I'm primarily a painter. So when I make these sculptures, um, I use underglazes pretty much like I use a watercolor painting, uh, which is something I do a lot of also. And I apply underglazes to the greenware clay before I bisque fire them. And after that first firing, I give them a coat of food safe glazes. So firing them again at 2400 degrees, it's easy to know that you could put them in the oven at, you know, 500 degrees and uh, you're safe and you can cook in them and you can um, uh, show them as a piece of sculpture on a coffee table or hanging on the wall or, you know, on a little um, easel, you know, in a cabinet or something like that. I didn't realize when I started making them that they'd be so popular, but I've I've sold over 150 of them. <laughs> I mean, I just was making them for friends and, you know, uh, for myself because we eat a lot of seafood, you know, in coastal Rhode Island. So, but I'm a member of the Providence Art Club, uh, you know, which is the second oldest art club in the country. And um, they have a little picture show every Christmas. And for the last three years, I've sold, um, sold them there and also, you know, in other galleries and uh, Save the Bay, which I'm a real uh, proponent of supporting uh, that has cleaned up the Narragansett Bay where a lot of these um, crustaceans are uh, growing and thrive and get uh, uh, grown um, commercially and we eat here. And how would you say you got involved with art? Well, um, I have to say that it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. And I was thinking about, you know, at a really early age, uh, not all, all parents would be happy to see, but um, I started drawing on the walls in a hallway in a house we were living in. And so I guess I was, you know, preschool or elementary school and my mother encouraged me and I took classes at Rhode Island School of Design here in Providence, you know, as a, as a young kid. And then uh, I went to a liberal arts school, Colby up in Maine, but I majored in art history and then got a master of fine arts from Boston University. Um, so it's something that's kind of been part of me ever since I was a kid, you know, been doing it professionally uh, as a teacher in a high school uh, for uh, close to 30 years. And uh, while I was there, I taught all different uh, media, like drawing and painting and printmaking and ceramics. And I started the first high school computer art program in Rhode Island, uh, taught other art teachers how to incorporate it into the classroom. This is back in the 90s. 
and I was awarded a National Endowment for the Arts grant to study that further in Chicago Institute College of Art. But um, now I've taught high school. I love teaching high school. I was um, always surprised when they paid me for having fun when I got a check. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, you paid me for having fun. Uh, but since retiring, I'm primarily been doing watercolor and alcohol ink painting and um, also getting into ceramic sculpture more. Um, I used to teach that, but I didn't, you know, when you're teaching, you don't have a lot of free time. So um, I'm enjoying all of that now. And next question here, would you say there's any one person that particularly influenced your artistic pursuit? Well, I, I think that because my mother was in the arts, she was a concert pianist and she always encouraged me, you know, from an early age. And um, she recognized my interest in visual expression more than playing the piano, I guess. You know, she used to take me to a lot of museums as well as encouraging me and taking me, having me take classes when I was a kid. And what would you say motivates or inspires your art? Well, I think it's just the, you know, pursuit of, creativity. I, I think art satisfies my need uh, to make something out of nothing. So you start with nothing and you make something. And I I always enjoyed that basic concept, making and doing anything creative. So, um, you know, visual expression, whatever media, you know, and I've worked in so many different ones. And, you know, I think it's just something that's just part of who I am. And that kind of concept that you mentioned of looking at something or nothing and turning it into something. Um, did you find this concept present in your current artistic endeavor of making your shellfish art? Yeah, I mean, I have a son who's also an artist. He's a sculptor. He makes other people's artwork. He's an art fabricator out in California. And he said, oh, mom, I can make you a mold, you know, and then you can develop your shells from there. be a lot faster. And I said, no, I'm not interested in that at all. You know, I'm not interested in mass production. What I'm interested in is just taking that lump of clay and you can take out your aggressions on it. You know, you throw it down, you, you know, and you, and you just, from that lump of clay, you actually make something emerge. And uh, whether it's uh, with a ball of clay or a white page of, uh, I work primarily on UPO, which is a plastic uh, kind of um, uh, man-made, well, it's instead of paper. I mean, I work on watercolor paper too, but uh, this plastic, uh, I love it because um, when you put the paint down, it kind of does some surprising things and things evolve. My artwork seems to kind of evolve in the present. Um, a lot of times I don't come out with a preconceived idea what the final project is going to be. I'm not someone who will do a detailed drawing and then try to replicate that in a different medium. Um, what I like to do is um, see how something, I think it's exciting anyway, to see how something emerges from the material and let the material guide me in that process. So uh, with working uh, whatever the medium, I think I, I'm always trying to interpret uh, the rhythms and designs that I see in nature, 
well, trying to express my own ideas and feelings. So I think it's, um, I do a lot of outdoor painting, plein air painting. In fact, I have a group that I started uh, several years ago on Fridays painting outside and different parts of our beautiful state. Uh, during the winter months, we are at the Botanical Gardens at Roger Williams Park, and uh, we're kind of like their artists in residence on Fridays. And uh, I just wanted one other person to go with me, but now I have like over 200 best friends of people who want to come out, but not, they don't all come at once, you know, but, you know, we could have anywhere from 10 people to 25, you know, but all I need is one other person to go with me because I think if I go with another person, I'm, I'm more apt to go. And um, especially, uh, I took a sabbatical when I was teaching and I was in, I did island paintings in uh, Greece and Italy. And uh, I didn't like being out by myself because people always approach you and kind of bother you, but also it's kind of, you know, I always feel like you're in a safe situation. So it's great, you know, to have other people you know, there with you while you're painting on location. So, but, um, but getting back to um, what I'm, I try to do is I try to express the excitement of my first impressions. And so I'm drawn into say, you know, the uh, changing sky over the water, um, the human figure, and I do a lot of abstract interpretations. So when I go out and I'm, I go out to Beaver Tail, which is a pinnacle of land that where there's a lighthouse and the crashing waves and you know the excitement of being there and the and the summer and and the water all around you and the changing sky over that water. I mean, that's I found that very exciting. And um, I just paint directly. I don't um, I don't draw it and then paint it. I just paint it, let it see how it goes. And a lot of people don't like UPO because it's an unpredictable uh, material, but I kind of like it because it's unpredictable material. <laughs> and um, it also works well with um, alcohol ink. And uh, that's something new that I've been doing and I've been selling um, some of my uh, alcohol ink paintings. Um, again, that is one of those things where you really can't control and, um, I mean, you can to a certain extent, the more you work with it, but some really strange things happen. And then it's, wow, wow, that happened. It's exciting. I'm, you know, I'm going to go with that. Go with the flow, as they say, you know. So um, I've been, um, you know, I've been in a lot of art shows. I, I apply for uh, juried art shows. Um, and um, I, uh, a lot of judges uh, have, you know, noticed that, my paintings are somewhat visceral and fresh and rhythmic and spontaneous with bold applications of paint. And so I guess I'm getting that across because that's what excites me. So I've been showing my artwork a lot since I've been retired in juried uh, regional and national competitions. But I like painting, you know, in plein air and painting, but I really like working with this clay stuff. And, and um, so, that's what I'm doing. I guess I like to get my hands dirty, you know? I mean, I'm one of those precise people that, uh, you know, gotta have everything neat and clean around me. Um, I, um, and of course, working with clay, your hands do get pretty dirty, but that's fun. Absolutely. And the next question here is, what themes would you say emerge from your art and why do these particular themes emerge? 
Well, I think I think I kind of explained that in um, you know the you know what I was saying in the subject matter, uh, but uh, I think um, I think the um, I don't know. I guess maybe the unpredictable under under unpredictable kinds of things that happen are what excites me when I'm creating art in terms of expressing my own ideas and feelings. Um, you know, they're going to come different on a different day, but basically what excites me and is that what the, it seems like those become my themes of, you know, nature, the human figure, abstractions, those are my themes primarily. And um, uh, things that I like, like my shells, because I like to eat them. <laughs> In fact, this weekend, I've got a bunch of cousins coming from other parts of the country. and We're going to have a, a clam bake on my porch. They just told me uh, yesterday, uh, 15 people eating uh, lobsters and clams and oysters and mussels. And I, guess what? I got the dishes. That, are the, <laughs> that I can serve them in. It sounds like a perfect scenario there. Get to work in some art and a great meal. I love to cook. So, you know, a lot of artists love to cook too. So, and that's the same my thing, you know, you can have the best intentions, but sometimes it comes out a little bit different than you, than you expect. But, you know, it's, it's great to eat what you, <laughs> what you created. And I think presentation is really important. So um, when you present, uh, food, it's an art form in itself. Well I remember you know, thinking about this now. I remember one time I, I had an assign, uh, assignment in my high school class and I had a kid make um, an underwater theme uh, uh, and she made it all out of food. Said fishes and octopus and stuff. She made it all out of different kinds of fruits and vegetables. And it looked very realistic and then we ate it. And... <laughs> <laughs> What obstacles would you say that you have faced in the pursuit of your art? I don't know. I mean, obstacles like what? I think the biggest obstacle is finding time. The time, the enough time to do the work uh, and to make a living. Um, it can be a struggle for an artist. You know, I, I know that for a fine artist in particular. But when you think about art, art is really part of our lives from everything around us, from the buildings that we uh, live in or designed by architects to even the mundane containers of everyday things that we use. All of those things are created by artists. I mean, the clothes that we wear, fashion design, all there's so many um, aspects of uh, opportunities for artists uh, in uh, our lives because we live in a created environment, really. And um, so we find artists that are employed in, in so many of these areas um, and they make a pretty good living. So there's not kind of like a, I don't know, maybe there is a stereotype of an artist in their garret. I am sitting, although it looks like I'm in my golf course, I'm sitting in my garret, which is my third floor um, in an old house, uh, you know, uh, art room, and you know, which is, uh, of course, pretty messy. That's why I have the background of the golf course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you do need quiet. I need quiet anyway. I don't like a lot of confusion around me when I'm working. Um, and um, I like, um, I like to have time to do it. And I think that uh, for a lot of uh, high school art teachers like myself, um, you know, for so many years, uh, there was never enough time to work on your own stuff. I mean, maybe summers or school vacations, uh, but 
you know, that's when I would try to focus on my own work. But, you know, now I am in retired. I mean, I've been doing, and I retired early. I, I've been doing uh, a lot more artwork and having that time, I think is one of the hardest um, things, um, you know, and if you're working on a commission stuff, you know, being able to finish it in a time frame. Um, I know, you know, my husband, my son, the way he works, you know, he makes other people's artworks as a fabricator, you know, just being able to uh, work under the stress of uh, time constraints. I think that's, I think that's, uh, you know, something that everybody deals with. You just kind of uh, touched on this a little bit here in the last question, but the next question is, how do you personally deal with the stereotype of the struggling artist? You know, I mean, for me, as a woman who's a wife and mother and growing up kids, you know, as well as having a full-time job, I mean, that that's the struggle of, you know, how, how do you do it all? Um, I'm a caregiver also, and it's just, there's a struggle, I think, of, of the time that I think that's my big thing is the time constraints. Um, and it's, it, it's very, um, I mean, if your work is so different from other people's stuff, you, you know, you may not get the accolades and the pat on the back that some people need. Um, but I think most artists work for themselves. Uh, they work because they need to use it as a form of expression. And it's just very satisfying when other people appreciate your artwork and buy it. And people who don't know you, they're not the friends and relatives who are buying it because they know you, but <laughs> they don't know you when they see it in a gallery and they spend money for it. And that's very exciting. But could you real quick describe your workspace for me um, as far as its organization, tools, lighting, when you're in there, any smells, messes, or music, or silence, just a general rundown of where you typically work for your art. Well, I, you know, I mentioned earlier that my mother was a concert pianist, and she was practicing all the time for concerts in the background, there would be music. Uh, I like to go to concerts and listen to music, you know, and appreciate it that way. I hate to have any noise in the background. Music, to me, is noise in the background, you know, because I, I get listened to it, rather than focus. And I'm, I'm really right-brained. And I think a lot of right-brained people, you know, they just need to focus on what they're doing. So I like silence. So my, I have three spots. I have my studio where I spent a lot of time during COVID in my home on the third floor, uh, quiet from everything else. Um, it's um, kind of messy. Um, I have a big table, um, I stand. Uh, primarily when I work at it, I'm looking around at it now. <laughs> it's, um, there's a lot of stuff around, uh, but um, I have to start with a nice clean uh, space. I've got a big table and I'll start with a big clean place if I'm working on something that uh, doesn't require me to be looking. I don't work from photographs. Uh, if, if I'm my other place is painting is on location, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, whether I have a model figure that I'm working from. So it's in the moment. Uh, if it's outside, it's in the moment. Uh, a lot of people don't like to paint outside because, oh, they got the birds, they got the insects, they got the, you know, the grass, I don't know, the wind. Um, I like having all of that stuff around me. 
um, and the smells, uh, you know, being out in the fresh air and having something beautiful to look at and whether I zero in uh, something George O'Keefe like, you know, on something uh, or, you know, I'm looking at the big expanse and I'm interpreting it. Uh, I mean, just think about those crashing waves at Beaver Tail. I mean, I love that, you know, the noise of that doesn't bother me. Um, so I like being on location, whether it's, you know, working from the figure or, you know, from the environment um, or uh, in my studio when I'm doing something maybe abstract. Um, and then I have a studio in a big um, former um, manufacturing plant uh, from the 1800s. Um, and it's in uh, Pawtucket. Uh, it's called Mad Dog Studios, and they're a group of about, oh, about 40 artists who work there. We have our individual um, studios and a big open space where I primarily work. And, you know, even though, I mean, there's access 24 hours a day, so they usually not either nobody. In fact, I'm going there from here um, today, but um, they might be there by myself or maybe a few other people. But um you know, that's, that's my messy spot working with clay because it's hard. Uh, he has a kiln there. I have all of my equipment. Um, and um, I like having a really big table so I can stretch out. So um, yeah, I need a lot of space around me to spread out and I'm messy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's fun, you know, but then you clean up afterwards and you leave it just like you left it, you know, you found it. So Absolutely. But not in my studio. This is what I left it the last time. And it still looks like, oh my God, I got to clean it up before I stop doing anything. Here. What is the ultimate goal for your art? What do you want it to be or mean to the audience? Um, I think with these functional shells that I'm making, I think because they've been so well received, I want to make them uh, perfect. Um, you know, and so there's an aha thing, you know? Um, and I think when I first started doing, I had somebody visiting from, I don't know, the West Coast or something and, you know, oh, and it was Arizona. And I served shrimp in one of my big quahogs with ice underneath it, you know, and there's all the shrimp, you know, and stuff. And when everybody had eaten the shrimp and they, you know, the ice had melted and, and this fellow who I, I, you know, he was a relative of a relative visiting. And I was like, he was like, oh my God, that's the biggest clam I've ever seen. And I said, yeah. So I told him this fantastical story about how I went scuba diving underneath the bridge and, you know, picked up this big large and he totally believed it. And, you know, I was like, so then I realized that, oh my God, I guess they're so realistic that I can fool somebody thinking that, you know, it's a real clam, but I mean, it was like 16 inches around, like you'd have to be, you know, <laughs> something out of, out of, uh, you know, uh, Gulliver's Travels, you know, to see a big, you know, clam like this. So I guess I think that with the shells, people think that they're real. And so there's an aha thing like, oh my God, this is really made out of stoneware clay. And you can, 
use it. And I've had people buy them and they say, oh, I would never use it. I just keep it as sculpture. You know, I would never. I said, no, I said, you could put it in the oven. I said, yeah, 2400 degrees. It's fired at. You certainly can put it in at 500 degrees, you know, up to 500 degrees. It's fine. You know, so I think I like that aha moment. So my paintings, um, I did. I did a series of COVID paintings of people who were, um, you know, healthcare workers, doctors and nurses in the emergency rooms. And, you know, from, um, you know, you watching the, the news and seeing all of these um, uh, people who are in this surreal kind of environment with the tubes and the lighting and, you know, dressed like, you know, with can't even see them, you know, even with the eye stuff they have on. It's just kind of like, whoa, uh, this is a surreal environment. So I, I would take pictures of, you know, those scenes from the nightly news and I would interpret them. And, um, and so uh, actually I got into a national uh, New England watercolor show with one of them of, you know, a nurse. And I mean, they, and the environment is so weird. So there, people would say, oh, you know, so that was the reaction, you know, the, oh, so I like that. I like that when people have that, ooh, because that's how I am looking at it, like, well, ooh. Just kind of on a more general, broad scale, is there anything else that you think is important for the listener to know about yourself, your background, your future aspirations, just anything in general that you think um, you should share? I'm creating for myself and because it makes me feel good. I think that that anything that you do that makes you feel alive and good and, you know, it's important. It's an important release uh, from the rest of your life. And um, uh, I think that um, arts, uh, the fine arts are uh, essential um, to children growing up, uh, to adults in their, as an avocation or at any point in your life. I've met a lot of people who had other careers and now have gotten into, um, been frustrated that they had no outlet for their creative spirit. And so I think that it's important for everyone to tap into their creative self. And it's, uh, I think creativity can even be taught because that's what I did for so many years, coming up with a variety of solutions to a problem is in, is a good perspective for living a good life. Because if you are a creative thinker, you can find solutions out of some of your dire problems. So it has a very large, I think, meaning. Uh, I have a husband who is severely disabled uh, and um, I am able to take care of him with you know, the help that I have, but it gives, uh, art is, it's not something I run away from the rest of my life. It just gives me an opportunity to relax and express myself uh, in a way that makes me feel good. And I think everybody needs to find uh, happiness and make their own happiness and making your own happiness through something you enjoy doing is important. Yeah. Uh, thank you again so much for your time, Eleanor. It was great speaking with you. I don't ever have an opportunity to do this. And that's great to have somebody listening.